0: You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite
1: podcasts. All right, 7.07 in the morning. You are on Wake Up Tucson, 10th of The Voice, local news and talk. Busy day, congressman, congressman. uh, And then we have... Uh, John Ladd uh, rancher from Naco, Arizona. The family's had the ranch on the border since 1896 and John has been living and working it f- since 61 years ago. So I've met John. We've done a couple of uh, probably on one of my border tours where I've done I've gone to Don- Dan Bell's ranch and then I went with Andy and the congressional freshman maybe two or three years ago, same kind of thing on Dan Bell's ranch in uh, just north of Nogi. So great guy. And of course, we got so much stuff going on. We have the shooting uh, that happened at Kino Springs, and all the all the horror that's going on at the border. John's going to give you the real deal. So, uh, let's go to David Schweikert. David, good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, I know we're gonna we want to geek out on some uh, <laughs> some deficit stuff, but I do have a question for you. Um, and a couple of listeners have sent me this story, and I saw it earlier. I forgot to ask you. Uh, you're I guess you're leaving the Freedom Caucus? What what what's the whole thing with you leading the Freedom Caucus and the reason why? I'm mildly fascinated here. Could, please please yeah. please clarify.
2: Yeah, look, it became a combination of there's now a state freedom caucus, and I kept doing little town halls here in the district and was getting just crazy questions. Um and it it became one of those saying You know, uh, my fixation is working on the debt. Um, That doesn't seem to be the focus anymore, which it used to be. And then um, for the folks in my district, they weren't able to distinguish the difference between, you know, the federal one and the state one. And it really started to become a real political problem, as well as just the amount of time. So it's, you know, I still uh, I still love them. It's not going to change how I vote. Um, but I have probably got more work done in the last 10 days because you're not chasing shiny objects.
1: The, um, what's, so what's your concern with being confused with the state? What, what's a, what is it about the state freedom people that doesn't, it, doesn't jibe with it, how you do your business?
2: Yeah. It, it, it's just some of the issues they've been taking on. I mean, um, it's, The Freedom Caucus was basically designed... Remember, it was started substantially because of me. Remember when Boehner threw me off my committee? I remember. Um, And it was about being able to offer amendments. It was about being able to legislate. It wasn't about um, trying to get on television today. And you you have those moments where you start to lose focus. This happens all the time. It's the nature of organizations. And as you know, my absolute fixation is the wheels are falling off. Um, If you take a look at the numbers I sent you this morning, um, I'm in some ways just enraged that that doesn't consume every minute of your show. Um, If if folks understand how fast the math is crashing, we double U.S. debt in the next 10 years. So, b- b- um, before
1: we get into the math, just one last. Thing. So this, this, so I, I have we have what we have these people in Southern Arizona in this part of the state that are quote they consider themselves the freedom something, and I have huge concerns about them as just human beings. But does this have uh, anything to do with the whole McCarthy vote? Was there a split with you and the rest no, of the caucus no, Cause I, that whole thing? No, not, not really,
2: not really. It was more.
1: Um, I don't want
2: to. Uh, if you're going to give, you know, a dozen hours of your life a week to something, it's got to be working on real stuff, not on someone had their feelings hurt. So, and look, these are my friends, um, but we all make that decision of where we're going to be more effective. Um, and it just it wasn't happening.
1: Okay, uh, you sent me some. Uh... Sent me a Joe Higgins would have been so proud of you. Sent me a chart this morning, or actually, yeah. I sent you a bunch of charts. You did. I sent you look <laughs> at the Brian Rudell stuff. And, and and can I get can I give you an
2: example? This is what sort of and I know it's a morning show, and I know you're not a family show, so I'll say this. This is what pisses me off. <laughs> you know, we just spent the first five minutes talking about something ethereal, and those numbers should terrify you. That is the end of your republic. But, but it's hard, and it's math, and it's complex, and there'll be someone that just makes crap up, saying, oh, if we just got rid of foreign aid, everything would be fine. Um, and for everyone who's a listener down there, um, hopefully um, Chris will put these up on the website, you know the yep. Brian Riddell charts, and, and, and stare at them. Absorb what it's telling so you.
1: If so if you're part of our Wake Up Tucson discussion group on Wastebook right now, you can look at it right now. I already put it up during the break, and I'll, I'll email this to you if you want it. So just, just let me know. So who – this, so, this, this comes back to even um, some of the members you
2: think who are the most conservative um, are terrified to talk about these numbers. And, and that's sort of what where I'm, I feel like in many ways I'm the lone wolf now. I'm the only idiot who gets up every week. And does the pounding on the charts, and this is what's happening. This is how you can solve it. And uh, give me an idea. Last Wednesday, I did a half an hour on the floor. I walked through the numbers, and we did our best estimate. We nailed it, except for one small thing. The CBO numbers are actually darker, worse than our Joint Economic Committee estimates. Um, So the numbers got even worse. And I actually had a someone you would know as a conservative who's on appropriations um, threaten to yank my funding for my economists because we shouldn't be telling the public this. It upsets them.
1: Well, again, right, I, 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 this is, this is, nothing else matters in the government if this, this thing all falls apart.
2: Right? Yep, and it's falling apart.
1: Um, so so why 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 are you on this thing like a dog on the bone? What what, what, what what's in your what's in what's in your what's in the the, the, the deep dark depths of Schweiker? It's
2: the hardest in many ways. Okay, so you got to understand for everyone listening. Um, the chart's going to show you. Um, nine nine budget years from now, the way we do budgets, we will have be borrowing two point eight five trillion every year. And it gets worse the next year and the next year, so every year it goes up about another three, four hundred billion dollars. And almost all that is just the financing of the interest on the debt and Medicare. And then the next year the Social Security Trust Fund is then emptied, and now you've got to figure out are you going to actually take that and start to pay that out of the general fund? And then the curve even gets worse. You gotta remember. That ten-year number of borrowing two point eight plus trillion dollars in that year—that isn't—that doesn't have the Social Security collapse of the trust fund in it—and you get the brain trust that says, "Well, just tax these people more." Okay, fine, but look at the actual chart; it doesn't actually solve much of the problem. Um, had a screaming match with some Bernie Sanders supporters uh, a few days ago, and
1: where, 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 was, the, where credit, was this at? Believe it or not, I had a Starbucks. Um, and <laughs> that's expensive coffee. You know, but, well, but you know,
2: I, I was meeting some constituents there and these others, I mean, for the, for the, for the night.
1: Bernieites, it's expensive coffee. I'm just saying,
2: no, well, no, 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 no. These are, these are the, these are the Bernie supporters who drive a Porsche Cayenne. So you, you give an <laughs> idea with the types there. they're probably trial lawyers. And we pulled open the social security actuary report and said, okay, right, here's the table. Um, if you took... Every dime. So right now, okay, uh, Social Security maxes out at, I think this coming year, is going to be like 160 of income is subject, and then everything above it doesn't have that 12.4%. If you took every dime of income across America and subjected it to the 12.4, and you just gave the the requisite benefit, you only take care of 17% of the shortfall. And they're just staring at you saying, but that's not what Bernie said. It's we, we we've been bathing because the political class has lied to
1: us for years. I've told guys uh, like I've told guys like David Schweikert that the top four percent of the top three percent, and you don't know, you guys don't know your numbers. You don't know them. Sorry, just got in my brain yeah, thing.
2: But so take this seriously. Um, I know there's lots the of things that are well. There's lots of things that are shinier, easier, more fun. Um, Memorize these numbers and understand. This is what wipes out your retirement. This is also what destroys your kids.
1: All right, let's do this. We're going to take a break. I want to go through. I want to go through uh, as Brian Riddell put, chart storm, <laughs> chart storm today on the CBO's uh, budget baseline. We'll go through some of those numbers and we'll see if take a look
2: at and take a look at the one that shows how much tax revenue we're getting. This isn't a shortfall of tax revenues.
1: Gotcha. All right, we're on it. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10:30 of the Voice, local news and talk. Ah, perfect. Duran Duran Thursday. Too much information. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the show, Christy Simone, Esq. And David Schweiker David, welcome back, sir.
2: Yay! All right, and um, little Matthew is blowing bubbles
1: at you. Ah, I have a little Matthew, and he's blowing bubbles at me here too. That's so weird. Oh, excellent.
2: Yeah, amazing how that works. Mine's seven months. I don't know how old yours is.
1: <laughs> so let's, uh, let's dig in on some numbers. Uh, Brian Riddell's your spooky, scary, smart guy from the uh, Manhattan uh, Project, right? Yeah.
2: And, and can I throw you just an aside? One of the reasons I'm so cranky already today is Brian and I were going back and forth last night, and he said, look, the thing that almost disturbed him the most, yeah. he got only a single, a single press inquiry. From across the country. So so numbers are posted that are dramatically worse than the President's State of the Union speech. I mean, you know, the, the national borrowing for just even this year goes up four or five hundred billion dollars, you know, all this. And the leading expert in the country gets a single press inquiry of explain these numbers. Well, because that
1: sounds about right.
2: It, it, it's it's yes, sad it, but right, isn't it? it? It is, but it is the... Uh, it, I don't know if it's because it doesn't get you good television ratings, it doesn't get you... Or it's complicated, or it's too scary, or blows up the Democrat agenda. You know, where these people believe, oh, we can just spend, everything will be fine. Um, the wheels are coming
1: off. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's start. You, you wanted me to... I'm looking at the actual CBO report here first. So you wanted me to look at revenues coming in first? Is that what you want? Is that what you said before? We no, went no. To- I was just, I was just going to point out,
2: um, you know, some of the revenues will come back. Uh, the projection is to the mean of eighteen percent of GDP. But if you take a look right now, receipts revenues are actually well over 19, 19.4. So we're getting the highest percentage of revenues of this size of the economy, pretty much in history. So these folks that run around saying. Well, it was the tax reform. You're not getting enough revenues. Guys, um, we're getting the highest percentage of the economy coming in in tax receipts in in history. Um, it, the charts, if you look at it, it's demographics. And, and this, this is going to upset people, but it, it's Social Security, Medicare. It's health care costs exploded, exploded, exploded. And we never took on how to you know, trim those, and then the basic math of how many of us are getting 65 and older or 62 and older and taking our Social Security benefits. Um, so it's interest and Social Security and Medicare. And that's almost all the driver. Everything else is pretty flat if you look at the charts.
1: I know. that My Matthew makes the same sound, so don't worry about it. Now, um, Yeah,
2: it, it's, he, he's doing so well. and. <laughs> And look, I'm, looking, I'm staring at a seven-month-old we're adopting right now. When he is 25 years old, the CBO math is his tax rate will be double what you and I pay today, double, and that's just to maintain the most basic services.
1: So I think what happens is you have Republicans who I think when they when they hear you talk and how you you're, you're talking in these big things, right? And then there's these other spending things I think that go on, whether it's the Ukrainian money, which I'm, I'm not a big fan of what's going on in Ukraine anyway. But and I think what happens is they feel like you're tone deaf to these other small smaller things, which are, are big money. Don't get me wrong; there be these other things, but they aren't as big as the big problem. Is is that, am I reading well, I, that? Is that is that what the consternation no, no, is no, that I people think have I with think you?
2: That's more. No, I think that's more than an avoidance. Um, a, a, you, if you go back a few years ago, people would scream, get rid of foreign aid. And I did the charges. I'm happy to get rid of every dime of foreign aid. Happy to get rid of every dime of Ukraine money. Happy to get rid of this. Um, hell, I'll be, I'm happy to get rid of all the congressional salaries. And there's people who actually believe those things actually make a difference. And they don't. They, they just don't. You don't understand this. Scaled. those are around th- th- those are rounding errors um, every dime of Ukraine is less than two weeks of borrowing um, every our congressional salaries just get rid of all of them it's 20 actually now would only be with the new update it'd probably be only about 24 minutes of borrowing for an entire year so and, and there's 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 the you can't have an honest discussion unless there's the intellectual capacity to understand the scale, the scale uh, of how fast we're sinking.
1: So how about, so what's your discussions with leadership on this? With, you know, you have Kevin as the speaker. Um, it's almost, it,
2: it's, uh, McCarthy is shockingly good at being, uh, allowing someone like me because Boehner would never have allowed me to have the floor time and those things to go and do these presentations because it pissed off, excuse me, it upset lots of the senior members and lots of the appropriators um, leadership isn't my problem. It's a number of my fellow members who it, it, it's, it gets you unelected to tell people the truth that Social Security and Medicare are the primary drivers of U.S. debt, and we're going to have to be creative. We're going to have uh, to find ways to disrupt the cost of health care.
1: All right, here's, here's the money question. If David Schweikert and others that believed like you crafted a bill in the House, that would at least start the... Um, the U.S. budget back on a path of sanity. Mm-hmm. Could you actually get it passed in the U.S. House of Representatives with a slight Republican majority? Probably not. But
2: w- this is important to
1: understand: you
2: can't just do it through cuts and disruption. No, of I'm,
1: I'm not saying Europe. that. I'm just saying whatever yeah. you guys no, no, thought no, were no, the no, right wait. way to do this. But, so, so we've. I have
2: hours and hours of presentations. Where we've done a bunch of our legislation saying here's all the things you do to grow the economy here's all the things you do to get manufacturing out of china back to the united states here's what you have to do and this is uncomfortable you got to fix the immigration system you can't be importing poverty you need if you're going to have an immigration system remember in in functioning 19 20 years we have more deaths than births in the united states right um, and 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 that's also very uncomfortable because a lot of the politicians have lied about, you know, our demographics for so long. So you got to fix all that, and then you got to create all these bonuses and incentives to for folks who are healthy that want to to be able to be benefited by continuing to work. You're going to have to disrupt the cost of healthcare through technology, and just one of those things. I mean, how many years did you and I talk about telehealth? And the, the, the war I went through on that. and Are we trying
1: to kill kids. telehealth right now?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. There's lots of lobbyists trying to kill it because it screws up how many bodies walk through the door at the urgent care center, the emergency sure. room. This, And it's always about the money.
1: I'm in shock. Um so where so are you just hitting your head against the wall with with, with your brothers and sisters in the Republican Party on this issue? Um
2: I I'm I've made more progress probably in the last three weeks than I did in the previous two years. Okay. Um I just gotta keep up the pace. Okay.
1: Well, keep keep running, my friend. That's all I can tell you and uh We'll we'll talk again, so just not, not so many, maybe half decaf, not full decaf, but maybe half decaf for you. I'm worried about you.
2: Yeah, I'm already on six shots this morning. So,
1: <laughs> All right, say hi to the fam, man. We'll talk to you soon. It is done. All right, you take care. Have a good day. Have a good day. 7.29 in the morning on a Duran Duran Thursday. Little Lakeshore driving. U.S. Congressman Andy Biggs coming up next, then followed by... Uh, Rancher John Ladd from NACO. Wake up. All right. Duran Duran Thursday. Of course, named after a character in the uh, Barbarella movie, believe it or not, with Jane Fonda. Let's get Rick Grinnell on the line real quick before we get the U.S. Congressman Andy Biggs. Rick, sorry I didn't get you earlier. I was just, you know, I got talking and I wasn't paying attention, so I apologize.
3: That's all right. Uh, I really wanted to talk about... um, You know, he's talking about the budget. And When I first met uh, David, I don't know, when he first became congressman, he's always been on these numbers games, Um, and he's actually (laughs) amazingly good at what he's doing. But my concern now, you keep talking about the budget, the budget is being inflated also by all these subsidies for solar and wind. And a lot of the materials are coming out, aren't being manufactured right here in
1: U.S. Well, that's, again, part of the tapestry of crap. That's the U.S. budget, right?
3: It's been yeah, going and then on forever. We're getting tax subsidies now, and we're buying our products from China, from countries, uh, critical minerals. They're killing mining, um, petroleum, and natural gas. And guess what? We are going to become so dependent on foreign aid, bringing in um, materials here, that our numbers are going to even rise at a faster rate. That's being discussed.
1: Rick, thanks for the good call. I got I got to hop on and uh, Andy Biggs, who yes. was listening to all that. But thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Great point. Okay. Andy Biggs, welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? Fantastic, Chris. How are you doing? We're living the dream, baby. We're in two, we're in a liberal paradise. Uh, we just the we uh, my 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 satire story is the uh, Tucson's and early talks to steal the Renaissance Fair from Gold Canyon because the folks from the Renaissance Fair want a town with authentic 15th century roads. So <laughs> we're coming to Tucson, baby. So
0: they they better check it out. Though. I mean those potholes. I mean really, uh, you know an ox cart pulling up and it's gonna
1: get. Stuck in a pothole. I'm so I'm going to say now Tucson. The sticking point is Mayor Romero wants them to only sell vegan turkey legs, and this is a real problem. <laughs> I'm, <sorry. laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sure there is, but there is
0: there is a certain thing about 15th century sensibility down there um, <laughs> uh, as
1: well. All right, I, let's let's do the wheel of Andy. We're going to roll it. The old the old so we got it all today. We got Mallorcas FBI spying mm-hmm. I got balloons mm-hmm. what's 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 Andy what's Andy want to kick off the kick, kick off the conversation with? do you want to do balloons? What do you want to do?
0: Well, I've been doing uh you know the the fun thing about it is all that stuff kind of conflates into one so i I'm actually working <laughs> on two op eds writing two op-eds as as uh, I was waiting to get on with you and one of them is focusing on this notion of of uh how do you feel safer? I mean, really? Do you feel safer under Joe Biden and company? Think about it. Our, our, our. We now know. see the northern border. People don't realize how porous that is. But so we've been having increasing problems in the northern border. But also, now you know your airspace is not uh, being adequately uh, covered. You know that testimony. <laughs> testimony just uh, last week or a week or so ago in uh, in in uh, oversight committee. They they. Both border chiefs, including one, one toes the party line and one's a little bit less so, they both testified that, the, that the Mexican criminal cartels control our southern border. It's not controlled by the U.S. government, uh, which has a constitutional duty to. So, do you feel safer? You got rising crime in in the cities. You've got the balloons going over. You got um, you've got inflation. That Joe Biden just said the other day he said we've whipped inflation there's no inflation and then of course when it comes out <laughs> yeah yeah you still got inflation you still have inflation i mean do you feel safer do you feel 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 where you are you, you know you're down in tucson do they feel safer down there in tucson
4: oh
1: no we're a war zone dude we're a war zone is what we're at so you're right. Definitely, don't feel safer. What are, what are we learning about the balloons? I know the uh, guys on the Sweet Deal down here worldview were not from the county taxpayers. were disappointed they didn't blow up any of their balloons, but uh, for an insurance <laughs> claim. But um, what uh, w- w- what are we what are, what are you what are you hearing about these these balloons? Uh, we know the ones uh, Chinese. You know, what, what, are they all Chinese? What are you what are you hearing?
0: Well, we, we we only know about the first one, the big one that you know that was that was spying on us that we let it complete its mission before we took it out. The other one, uh, the rumor is that it was a, uh, uh you know, a birthday party for a nine-year-old and all the helium balloons got out of there, kind of got stuck together and, and wandered up. We don't know. <laughs> we just really don't know. I mean, that's what they're saying. They say they, and when they blew them up, uh, they can't find any of the the, the debris. You know, you got the one over Lake Huron and, And so they have no idea what that is, although they said that that didn't look like a balloon. It looked octagonal in shape. You know, you just, uh, gosh, but I will tell you the thing that that worries me the most is as we go through these briefings is the the inability to make a decision um, timely, logically. Um, So your decision makers are terrible.
1: In, 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 in which in, in which arenas are you talking? These which which what what kind of decision makers? I'm
0: talking well, both the Democrat policy, the civilian uh, uh, brain trust or lack of brain trust, together with the military. You know, General Milley, mm. uh, Secretary Austin. These are people that you know. Obama got rid of of uh, the conservative uh, generals when he was president, nobody said a word, but that's what he did. He cleaned out the three and four stars. And now you've got this woke group of uh, incompetence that, that are running it and they they run everything and they can't, they can't explain things. So when you hear these briefings without me being able to tell you what they say, the, the takeaway is always, I feel less safe. They can't make a decision to save their lives. And, and quite frankly, to save our lives. And that's a rough metaphor, but that's that's what we have to take into account.
1: They get so much media cover, right? Because what they say, when it comes to the border, they always just keep screaming about a broken immigration system, which is a separate part of the border security, right? That's the next step when they come in, right, is the immigration system. And they say, well, if we can't fix that, then that's life. So we'll just let all this misery and sex slavery oh, yeah. and fentanyl come blowing through the border because we can't fix the immigration system.
0: Oh, exactly. We had the guy. The guy. He's a new guy from, I think, New York um, Democrat. Really? No, no. Maybe no. He's California, t- which explains it all. Uh, totally lefty, and he's saying, you know, you, you know, you got your heartless guys. You know, immigration, the fabric, blah blah blah. Here's the deal: we let in a million plus people legally every year, uh, legally, and and somehow. Uh, Trying to secure your border between the ports of entry. And so, what they're doing now, by the way, they've instituted a new parole program where they're funneling. So, when they say only 152,000 or 6,000, whatever it was, came through encounters last year, that's because they pushed another 75,000 people through parole through the ports of entry. They give them a piece of paper. So, they get de facto amnesty now. They're getting a piece of paper saying you can work for two years and you can come in and they're going to say that they solved the crisis. But uh, i mean thats that's what's going on they They refuse to even acknowledge that you have an ongoing problem at the border sentinel sex trafficking human trafficking um who knows what else i mean uh are they taking guns back the other way we We think they are. Um, and we also think they're taking bucket, buckets, buckets of, of hard dollars, cash across.
1: So we have a foolish man who's the uh, Pima County Sheriff, uh, Sheriff Nanos, in an interview with Dan Shearer from the Green Valley News on Friday. When he asked about, you know, he doesn't take uh, he doesn't take Stone Guard money, right? Because that's the cool thing a lib would do, right? Yeah. And uh, oh, And yeah. he says we don't need Stone Guard money. All the drugs are just coming through the port of entries. And it's like you say that publicly, no, that, but no, no one believes you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, so that is the that's the latest l- narrative lie of of the left. They say, well, we catch ninety five percent of the drugs uh, at the ports of entry. Well, you know why, don't you? You got dog sniffers, you got X ray machines, you got uh, density readers, you get you got everybody there. So so when people come through, they take a risk. But guess what? You don't catch. You don't catch the young men with backpacks filled with fentanyl and other drugs. Coming through between the ports of entry, and so that's why Yuma's getting now more runners than they've they've ever had. Tucson leads the country, well, between Del Rio and, and Yuma, with with these uh, these gotaways at any any month. So so of course you are not not catching them because uh, you, you know what little we can interdict in between the ports of entry, that's they, that gets away. And the other thing that they don't tell you is. Even though they're catching more at the ports of entry, you're still only interdicting about twelve percent. Is the estimate of the total package? So when you could when you're
1: interdicting more, that's because the balloon is bigger. Right. So that's that's what's going on. Well, I just saw the, I just saw those numbers that came out of the Texas sector. It was like four hundred eighty four four hundred eighty five thousand so far. Um, yeah. That they they have estimated have blown through that sector. I mean, uh, that was apprehended. Sorry, four hundred eighty-five thousand yeah, right. apprehended. So what, what's 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 the factor, Andy? Do you know that the uh, Border Patrol puts for every one they catch, how many sneak through? What do you think of it? Is? is it three?
0: Uh, they they won't they won't they no longer give that anymore. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> the so so you, they'll tell you what the known godaways are. So the known godaways nationally in, Le- in January was about uh seventy five ninety thousand somewhere in that that vicinity the un. and by the way, when they do known Godaways, if it's a group of twenty or more, they just write down twenty plus and it's recorded <laughs> as twenty that's right so and then you have the unknown Godaways, which is at least one to one sometimes some people say two or three to one, but nobody really knows because they're unknown so you you could have several hundred thousand uh going up every month. But then uh, some of them are going back down because they're, they're, they're drug smugglers um, and, and they're bringing drugs through. So uh, uh, this is, this is the, this is part of the other thing that's driving me crazy is, is um, people say, can you work with the Democrats? These the Democrats work with the Democrats. The Democrats won't even acknowledge there's a crisis on the border. They, they, they simply don't. And, and their their goal is to have a humane, fast way of people who illegally into the country by the way i don't know if you saw they want to get them into the country as fast as they can i don't know if you saw this but gallup did a a poll 800 million adults from around the world want to want to uh, immigrate into the u.s or the eu 800 million i want you to think about that that's up from 10 years ago was 150 million now it's higher um and that's that's what you're facing you 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 will not have a United States of America um if you if this persists
1: well, um, and we keep, we keep saying that that phrase right importing poverty All right we're importing a lot of poverty and uh, the Democrats dig that sad to say and it doesn't make yeah. any of the numbers work, and the, you know, David's a budget nerd, and he's seeing it on his side on the walking of that budget. It's it's just it's just a train wreck. Uh, uh, we're gonna. I want one more question for you, and then we'll take a call, and then I'll let you get going on your day. But I know you got you said you got two op-eds to write. I feel like I I need to get you back on the computer but uh, tell me about... Th- I've been writing while we're talking. I'm kidding. Well, I'm just I'm kidding. Uh, so uh, I will tell you that... So so you. I know you're not a fan of the McCarthy speakership, right? You refrain from voting for him, but what's the first few weeks of the McCarthy speakership look like? Is it something that has been... You, you're seeing at least some sort of stuff that you like coming out of the dynamics of the speaker?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'll give him positive grades right now. I mean... He's kept all his promises. So you've got – look, you, for, for, we had something happen on the floor uh, the other the other day that people don't realize how unique it was. We actually had um, what we call a modified open rule. We had it so people could actually go down and offer amendments, debate them, and vote up or down in a recorded vote on the floor of the house of Congress, who would have thought you could, you, you could do that because in seven years they haven't done it. At least in, in my, in my time in Congress, they had never done that. So, so you have this, that is a positive. Um, we, we actually debated on germaneness where they were trying to conflate different issues into a single bill uh, to prevent these big omnibuses. We had debates on that. So th- those are good. The rules have been changed. Um, they have to get a, They have to get the, the. Go back to a budget cycle where you you produce twelve budget bills. All of those things have been very very meaningful. There's been what I would call structural change, which um, actually, in some ways, it he felt I think that it was going to bind him and make him less uh, have less power. The reality is, it's empowered him to make harder decisions. And it brings everybody together more on the Republican side. And and they would do the same for a Democrat majority if they were in the majority.
1: Beautiful. All right, Andy, we're we'll take a call and let you get going. Let's get to Phil. Phil, you're on with U.S. Congressman Andy Biggs. What's up?
4: Good morning. Uh, thank you, Congressman Biggs. Uh, you're doing a great job. I wish we had more of you. Thank you, you Phil. Uh, thank my you. point is that I think the Republicans will never win another election of significance unless in the next two years they use everything in their power state and federal coordinated to make cheating and criminal fraud in elections totally go away we need paper ballots citizens only watermarked and count uh, audited the whole deal because they're just they are not the democrats of our grandparents or parents generation these people are at war with america they don't give a damn about anything except winning and destroying America. Sorry to be so strong this morning. You're doing a great job and I'll take, uh, I'll listen to you off the air. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Phil.
0: Phil, I, you know, you, you said it uh, and, and I, I agree. Uh, we have got to get election integrity back. And um, unfortunately or fortunately, much of that rests with the, the state. So, our problem in Arizona is is uh, looks like Chris May's. Uh, although that lawsuit, I mean, it, it, I mean, it could go either way. Abe Hamada might. I, I think Abe Hamada won that, and and uh, when that comes out, we we need a state attorney general who will prosecute cases and enforce the law. So there's laws on the books now, so you can enforce those. But the second thing is, if if our state legislature does not get it cleaned up. We're going to have problems going forward. I, I don't think any there's any question in anybody's mind. And so, um, uh, at the federal level, I'm trying to figure out how we can slice um, the HAVA and the VRA, the, the Help America Votes Act, and the Voting Rights Act. Those have those have got to be reined in so that states can actually enforce. Um, their laws to make sure we have open free transparent elections that that are effective I mean I was just with Ron DeSantis over the weekend and he was relating to us what they had done in Florida well the difference only difference is they we, we have those laws in Arizona the only difference they enforced them in, in Florida so they knew on election night who won they knew they had they had they did what they had to do to make sure that people could not cheat in Florida well, that's that's the main thing you got to do here as well.
1: And so, in the end, we we according to my thing, we had uh, Mark Brinovich for eight years. Did Mark just drop the ball in many places?
0: Um, y- you know, that's it. <laughs> I, I,
1: I got your answer right there. So you go back to your <laughs> you go back to your opinion pieces. <laughs> <laughs> did ah, did Chris, you want? Did you, you want to? An, did you want to answer that, or did you? Is it okay if we just say goodbye for now?
0: <laughs> we'll say goodbye for now because I, I, I'm I'm following the, the Reagan commandment. I happen to like Mark, and I think he did a lot of good things. But but maybe here we didn't get as much done as I would have liked to see get
1: done. Amen. Good answer, sir. Have a great day. Thanks for everything.
0: Thank you. You too.
1: U.S. Congressman Andy Biggs. This was a great couple's song. Roller skating. I'm just telling you. Hey, you're on Wake Up Tucson, so uh, with a sigh and a pause, Andy Biggs just justified everything Joe Higgins and Christy Simone said about how much Mark Brinovich sucked, because he just said that we're not going to get anything done, We he said, so remember, he goes to DeSantis, he said he hung out with DeSantis, and he said that a lot of the laws... That had them do it right are already on the books on Arizona, but we're not going to get any of this done because right Chris Mays as your attorney general is not gonna is not gonna prosecute or enforce any of this stuff, right? Well, again, we had eight years, the last eight years we had a Republican governor, Republican legislature, oh, and Mark Brinovich as a Republican attorney general. So We might need to start changing our view on some of this stuff also where uh, if there's someone to blame for Arizona's problems, Mark Brinovich is starting to look like a big loser. Think about it, right? He's the guy who did the the, the Kung Fu flip on, uh, we're going back to abortion, 1865. He gave them one of their greatest talking points in the 2022 election. And Andy basically didn't say with a pause and a sigh, that Mark didn't do what he was supposed to as an attorney general side in relation to Arizona's laws when it comes to elections. So, oh, and also, I don't know if you remember this, Brinovich's high point was uh, legalizing nunchucks and then doing his stupid video. Oh, and remember, he'd only come down to Arizona if SALC or the U of A invited him. Right, and he they, they, we know, like there were literally compla- elected official complaints. Allie Miller, Mark Stegman, that he pretty much ignored. Stegman said on the air that he he did open uh, meetings violations complaints uh, as an elected official, and Brinovich never got back to him. So, as I think to paraphrase again, Rob Snyder, Waterboy, Brinovich. You suck again. So, good interview with uh, both David and Andy. When we come back, John Ladd, he's a rancher from Naco, Arizona. He's going to be calling in at 8.07. And then uh, Cantoni put out an article from the Wall Street Journal based on a CDC uh, study and survey of teenage girls and how much of a hellish existence they're living since probably something. use zero COVID heroines. Cullen, Grijalva, Romero. I might dedicate that rant to you guys. The people who say they're such champions for teenage girls. Wake up, Tucson. 10th of the voice. Local news and talk.